So, all right, let's pray. Father, we want to give. You said don't muzzle out the ox while he's treading out the grain. And we want to give into the ministry of Tom Jacob. Father, we, we, we thank you for him coming and sharing and confirming what you've already spoken to us last week. Lord, you will confirm your word and what you want to do and accomplish in us. So, Father, as we give into him, I believe in reaping and sowing, that as we sow, we will reap a harvest from it. Now, we don't give to get, but, Lord, that's your principle. That's how you work. So we want to, we want to sow into his ministry, and we want to not only even if we don't reap it, you're going to reap it, Lord. And so we do that tonight in this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, is there done? Would you please stand? We're going to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we thank you for your presence in this house, God. We thank you for what you did in the service this morning, God, and we anticipate great things in the service tonight. Just have your way as we praise your name, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. There's no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. And here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. So set up fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control.
than in the presence of the Most High God. Father, we ask tonight that you just show yourself fully to us, Lord. Father, give us new revelations, God, of your glory. Holy Spirit, just wash through us like a river. Just open the gates, God, and just wash through us, Lord. Leave nothing out, Lord, that you have. Help us, God, to be open to the move of the Holy Spirit.
says to be still and to know that you are God, Father. Father, we're just going to be still in your presence for a moment. Father, remind us, Lord, of who you are. Spirit and Son, 
Stay in his presence for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you. Hallelujah. Just begin to give him praise. Hallelujah. We honor you tonight, Lord. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, more of your presence. Hallelujah. He's here. He's here. Just begin to give him praise. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Just begin to sing out to him. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Come, Lord. More of your power. More of your presence. Hallelujah. How great you are, Lord. How awesome you are. What a mighty God we serve. He is awesome and mighty and to be praised and to be glorified. He is holy. He is holy, church. He is awesome. He is mighty and his eyes are on fire. 
and he comes on a white horse and the scepter's in his hand and on his thigh is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Give him praise. Give him honor. Lift up his name for he is great. He is great. He is awesome. He is mighty. Give him praise, church. Come on, give him praise tonight. Give him glory. Shout it out to him. Hallelujah. We honor you. We praise you. We glorify you. What a mighty God you are. What a mighty king you are. He is king. He is God. And he is Lord. Hallelujah. Can we sing that again? How great is his name? How great he is. Give it to him. Sing and praise to him. Is our God sing with me? How great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God, and how great. read a scripture real quick before we get into the word of God tonight with our guest speaker but it's in Revelation chapter 19 what you're doing right now we're going to do in heaven one of these days and it says after this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting what do you do yet your favorite baseball game or football game come on Jesus is bigger than our biggest team he's bigger than OU or OSU or even Texas 
It says hallelujah. The, the word hallelujah means praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne and they cried amen, which means so let it be. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, who fear him, both small and great. <clears throat> then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah. For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad, and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, Right blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. I read that because, folks, that's what we're going to do in heaven. And you better get used to it down here because that's what we're going to do for all eternity. And that's what we're about, to give him praise, to give him honor. When we worship, Satan hates it. He hates it. He loved worship. Did you, you know that? He was one of the worshiping uh, angels. It says that on Isaiah. So when you give God praise, guess what that does? That makes him mad and it confuses him. You may have come in here with all kinds of stuff, but you know what? You can get, still give God praise. You can give him praise. And that's what we're doing tonight. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Brother Tom, come on up here. We're going to pray for you. <clears throat> Would you just stretch out your hands towards him tonight? Father, we thank you for the message that you brought through this man this morning. Father, I pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to flow through him tonight to each and every single one of us. Father, we're just vessels, but you are the instrument. You're the Holy Spirit. You are God. Holy Spirit, you're God. And we pray that your anointing would just flow through this sanctuary tonight. The Shekinah glory is here. You are here. Again, Lord, like the Apostle Paul says, we don't come with eloquence, but we come with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Thank you, Father, that you are on, on him. I pray that our ears would be open to what your word has to say tonight. Our hearts would be soft and pliable to receive the seed of the word of God. And the Father, that we would take it and it would grow and we would, we would walk in it. We wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but doers of it. Again, Lord, pour out your anointing. Pour out your spirit on him tonight and on each of us and touch our ears to hear what the spirit is saying. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, Pastor Marcus, for giving me another occasion to stand behind your pulpit. I certainly appreciate it. 
uh, I'm praying that the Lord will continue to shower his blessing upon all of you who are here this evening. Thank you for coming back to the church tonight after a rough preaching. You know, somebody told me <laughs> preaching was great to me. That's not the normal preaching style that I have. I couldn't see anybody's face, how they react, you know. With the bright light, I can see how they react. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, we are in the presence of God. Uh, I'm expecting a great move of God. Uh, I believe uh, he's going to manifest his power in, a, in an unprecedented manner so that uh, we all will be blessed together tonight through the preaching of the word. Uh, most of you heard me preach and share this morning. Uh, India need to hear the gospel. Uh, I'm heading back to India, if the Lord willing, uh, on uh, April 10th, uh, the date is set, and I talked to a travel agent. Uh, I did not buy the ticket because uh, I'm expecting great many things from the Lord this day and time so that uh, everything will fall into the right place. I, I want you to pray for me from this day onwards so that uh, for the rest of my life, I want to do something for the Lord. So I believe I haven't done anything for the Lord in the last 50, 80 years, uh, but I want to do something uh, unique in the coming days so I can be a blessing to millions uh, in this generation. Uh, you know, many, many I had invitation from many people from all over the world, South America, uh, Central America, African continents, many countries. Uh, church leaders invited me. Uh, church leaders invited me in uh, uh, in Russia, Soviet Union, uh, only Soviet Union. Uh, the superintendent of uh, 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 Pentecostal Federation of uh, uh, Russia uh, met me one time. I met him. And uh, I had, you know, he couldn't speak English, so with the help of a translator, we communicated for a short while. Uh, I met him in Los Angeles, and he said, uh, Americans come with the money to our country, but I want you to come and shake the country of Russia with the power of Pentecost. Uh, see, it's possible. It is possible, like I mentioned this morning. Uh, God has a strange way of doing things. Uh, how many remember uh, people of Israel as they were coming from uh, Egypt as a large group of people uh, coming to the land of Canaan, promised land, uh, uh, as they subdued uh, the Jericho uh, people, and uh, there was a woman living on the wall, on the big white wall. Her name was Rahab, Harlot Rahab. Uh, uh, you know, she is uh, mentioned in the book of uh, 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 Moses as a, as, a, as a harlot. But God had a way to bring her into the lineage of Jesus Christ. You remember that? Remember the Moabite woman by the name of Ruth, a pagan woman? 
they had no right to get into the presence of god but god brought her into the lineage of christ so he has many ways to do uh to fulfill his interest in the life of people so god can use you as well as use me for the evangelization of the world i'm dreaming my uh, uh 34 years ago i registered my ministry under the name of tom jacob world evangelism incorporated we are a tax exempt organization i'm dreaming one day god will send me to all the nations with the pentecostal message see i'm i'm consumed with the passion for souls uh, i have a flaming i don't have any other expression flaming passion for souls i want to win america for jesus i want to see god intervene in the affairs of america this day and time i see intervene uh, the affairs of india and the neighboring areas uh, as a fulfillment of a prophecy uh, that god gave me 50 some years ago Uh, a few years ago I went to Sri Lanka many times I ministered I took my family there uh ministered there and I myself went and ministered there in Sri Lanka and also the holy spirit uh, prophesied over me a prophecy came through my mouth that I will get to go to the country of Nepal how many heard that name Nepal I went to Kathmandu the big city there and the preach there the churches were underground i led many people to christ i went into cottages uh, where i had to uh, get into that little cottage like this to get in mud walls and uh, thatched roof and i preached there conducted a little bible study also we had 15 young men i led 15 of them to the lord that evening so gospel has the power to do great many things so uh just start praying for me you know i need your earnest prayer so that god will use me in the coming days see i don't have any notes i put these words into my heart <laughs> uh, in the beginning i used uh, you know many 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 years ago i used uh sermon notes and uh since i got acquainted with the word uh as the holy spirit triggered those words into my uh thoughts and i share them with the people and uh, i want to bless you again this evening with the preaching of the word um let's go to uh let me see what verse Let's go to the Gospel of Mark. Very familiar portion of scripture. Last chapter. Jesus is about to leave this world. He is giving the final commission to his disciples. Powerful words. Very powerful words. He spoke to them. He shared something very powerful. um Jesus is speaking here I'm reading from the 16th chapter of gospel of mark verses 15 through 
got more light here. Verse 15. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Did you hear that? In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall be made whole or they shall recover. Very familiar portion of scripture. If the Holy Spirit allows me to speak on it, I'm going to do it now. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Holy Spirit, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we once again bow our hearts in adoration to you. We worship you at this moment, O oh Lord. We need your presence here. I know you are here. Holy Spirit, be in charge of this entire preaching ministry, O oh Lord. I pray that you minister to the people in a supernatural way, Lord. May thy anointing be resting upon the word as well as on me, O oh Lord, so that I will be able to present the word in a way so that everyone can grasp the meaning of it, O oh Lord. I give you all the praise and glory. I rebuke the forces of evil that brings doubts and confusion in the hearts of God's people. In Jesus' name, I take victory over them. Lord, I pray that you confirm the word with signs following. And I also pray that you multiply our faith like your disciple asked you to multiply their faith, O Lord. We need greater faith in this day and time so we can fight the battle with the force of evil and overcome our enemy uh, as the days go by. We give you all the praise and glory. Lord, help us to live by the power of your revealed word. And I thank you for this holy writ. And I give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus was about to leave this world. And he commissioned the apostles in a very unique way. Uh, at the end of the gospel of um, Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18, it said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In other words, he is in charge of everything. Amen. And he, here he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. The word go has a powerful effect on the lives of God's people. See, that's the reason I'm going. You go, I'm with you. The Lord said, I'm with you even unto the end of the world. That's an encouraging word. And also, I stand on his promise. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No satanic forces can overcome the kingdom of Jesus if we adhere to the word of Jesus. Jesus, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, uh, you know, I've, during the Bible college studies and seminary studies back in uh, California, uh, I did some research on uh, 
why American churches are start moving away from the biblical concept of Christianity. Uh, you know, as a first generation Pentecostal, I brought a truckload of Holy Ghost with me. You understand the language? Uh, I was in the prime of my time as a ministry uh, flourishing as a prophet at that time, along with my public school teaching. And I came to America with that anointing and uh, gift of prophecy. I realized that the churches in California, especially Fresno, California, didn't want uh, good stuff called Holy Ghost. Uh, I began to think quite a bit. You know, I sometimes I sit down and start thinking, what's going on in our churches uh, in America? You know, I don't know you agree with me or not. You remember the name Beatles, the music group that came from England? In 1964, they came to America. I know I'm the only old man. You cannot remember anything. I was in here. I was back in India. I didn't know that they came, but uh, uh, history tells me that they came. They came with their kind of uh, 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 music. And you remember Elvis Presley's name, right? He was a Pentecostal man. He was a Church of God man. He sang in the General Council of Church of God for several years. Later, as his fame uh, went abroad, he moved to Hollywood and he began to uh, sing for Hollywood people. Uh, you know, that influenced some of the Americans and also influenced the Europeans. And the Beatles were formed. They came to America. One man recorded in his writing, he said, uh, Beatles songs were worse than drugs that Americans began to handle. Beatles' music destroyed American Christianity to a certain extent. They had no choice at that time other than absorb all the music. Uh, Christian music composers were influenced by Beatles. That's the end result of most of our songs, uh, choruses that we sing in America. No real power within it. Some of the songs have no meaning whatsoever. You know, I don't know how to sing, but I listen to the words. The lyrics or the songbook songs that we used to sing has convicting power within those lines. Modern songs don't have any convicting power. One preacher, somebody I've got preacher told me that, Tom, you know, these composers go to the beach with a couple of dozens of beers in their hands. They go and sit on a little chair with a computer on it, uh, sipping the beer, composing Christian choruses and uh, bring it to the market and sell it to the Christians and see what happens uh, when those songs, uh, ugly songs, some of the songs that through the years uh, uh, people sang destroyed the churches in America. You know, we need to figure out something to come back to God where our forefathers uh, had turned. We need that old-fashioned Pentecostal fervor and fire so that we will be able to grasp the powerful word. Some, one preacher here in America told me, uh, Brother Jacob, this uh, 
Scripture is written in Eastern setting. You understand that language? This was written in the Middle East. One of the Asian countries there, Israel. So only a Eastern mind can comprehend what it really says. I agree with him to a certain extent, not totally. Because the Holy Spirit is capable of uh, bringing those deeper thoughts into our brain as they embrace the uh, words of Jesus Christ. You know, with the help of Holy Ghost, we can uh, comprehend uh, most of the scriptures. You know, I live by the power of the word. I need this power into my system. Uh, otherwise, I will be defeated. And I need the power of the Holy Ghost. So I mingle Holy Ghost with the power of the word so that I can walk over the problems, like I said, and I can be victorious and I can defeat the powers of darkness. You see, uh, you may say, I'm sharing too many things at the same time, but I, I want you to know what this salvation uh, has to do with us. Uh, you know, I'm familiar with the book of Hebrews. How many of you are familiar with the book of Hebrews? Uh, it's a great salvation God has provided through Jesus Christ for each and every one of us. And I want to read a couple of verses. Uh, excuse me. Verse, uh, first four verses. Uh, when you have time, uh, read those first verses of Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, I believe Apostle Paul wrote this letter. And he's saying, it's a great salvation. Don't have time to read the first four verses of uh, uh, chapter 2 of Hebrews. Uh, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? What, is, what Paul was saying, I assume Paul was the author of this book, he is saying... Jesus was uh, exp uh, bringing those salvation message to us and those who heard it, uh, those, they uh, re-echoed those uh, words uh, to the uh, generation to come. So we must take care of our salvation uh, in such a way so that none of us will, will perish in the wayside. As we travel in this world, in our pilgrimage, we must anchor our faith in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we will be lost forever. You see, we may play church. We can play church easily. But once you know Christ and uh, taste his goodness, we will never play church again. We will take our commitment very seriously. You know, Psalmist said, Oh, taste and see, the Lord is Good. Once you experience and uh, taste the goodness of Jesus Christ and the Almighty God, you will never leave him. You will cling to him like I mentioned this morning. And I'm coming back to my text. Uh, uh, also, uh, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 9 says, Christ was leading many sons unto glory. Don't, don't, I don't have the time to expound on it. And I love those expressions. Of, he's leading many sons unto glory. My fellow believers, I'm traveling to my eternal home. How many of you are traveling to your eternal home? We are pilgrims on this world. Like Abraham, we are looking for a, a city which uh, uh, is built by the Almighty God, not the man's hand built it. So we are travelers together in the world to come. Uh, 
for, you know, we will be uh, expecting his coming at any time. I'm coming back to Gospel of Mark, chapter uh, 16. Very powerful expressions are there. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. <coughs> it's a responsibility of every believer to share the gospel <coughs> with other people. You see, Peter, as even though he was a fisherman, he put together powerful thoughts for the future generation. He said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Are we a peculiar people? Special people? Hey, we don't belong to this world. Then why we go after the fashions of this world? Why start unraveling that expression that you may get upset with me. We, we don't belong to this world. We've been bought by his blood. We belong to him. We are traveling together to our eternal home. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. What's the purpose of calling us? To show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of what you mean? We were in darkness. I was in utter sin. I was a sinner. I was in the world. Ugly language was always in my mouth with the youth. And fought a little fight here and there. I was a sinner. He took me out of that darkness and brought me into his marvelous light. I am walking in the light because the life of Jesus Christ is important into my system. In him was life. Come on. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. You know, one time, deeper thoughts. I spoke at a church uh, from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 1, first, first 14 verses, Hebrews chapter 1, first three verses, and uh, I portrayed Jesus Christ before about 150 people. At the end of the service, a uh, uh, pastor came to me and said, Brother Jacob, my people cannot comprehend that kind of deeper thoughts. What have you been doing here for the last 20 years? My fellow believers, I told you, I cannot survive on Subway sandwich every day. I need solid food. I don't have any reserve. I need solid food to keep my muscles moving, bones uh, getting stronger. I need my brain to work. I need to have solid food with the nutrition. You know, easy to listen to a preaching where uh, somebody come and say, no, I will give you a shortcut how to make money. Oh, we will clap him. Oh, thank you, Lord, for sending that man in our way. We always say, my fellow believers, we only, like I said this morning, we passed, only passed through this world one time. We must pay uh, close attention to the revealed word of God and live by the power of the word of God. Sometimes as I study the Bible like in, late at night, my wife is sleeping, children are sleeping, you know. I run through the house because of the power of the word that goes into my system. Oh, Tom, you are an Indian. We don't do that kind of thing. I know. <laughs> I 
need that power that emanates from this word of God. It's saturated with the power of eternity. You know, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, if you don't mind, turn with me. I'm not sidetracking, but I want to show you, you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the book of Hebrews, every book in the Bible, but uh, I'm always trying to be in the New Testament so I can relate things uh, in a better way to the people. Hebrews chapter 6. By the way, read your Bible all day long, if possible. All night long until you go to bed. Be a Jesus freak. Huh. Chapter 6, verse 4. You know, I probably studied this verse, you know, read this verse probably 100 times or more, or maybe 200 times. You know, I keep a Bible open in the bathroom, and I keep a Bible, open Bible at the dining area. I said, I keep uh, several Bibles open uh, in the uh, area where I sit and study the Bible. I'm always in the Word of God. Otherwise, this whole world will go over me and make me a mess uh, in the future. You know, uh, if you love the world, the love of God cannot live in you. Love not the world. How do you live in America without loving the world? There is a way. Once you have and I have Christ in us, we can avoid loving this world. No fashions will affect me. No fashions will affect me because I don't belong to this world. See, I'm wearing suits. Bible never say you have to have a suit to preach the word, does it? It's a uniform in most cases. Some preachers tell me if you don't have a suit, we won't allow you to preach here. Some church say, if you have a suit, we won't allow you to preach. So, uh, <laughs> I cannot keep my left leg or right leg. See, I want you to understand. Here it says something very, very powerful. Verse 4. It is, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, talking about backsliding situation, but there are some mysteries involved in that expression. I want you to look at it. Please, it is Impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and tasted the powers of the world to come. Oh, tasting the powers of the world to come. What does it mean? This Powerful words can influence you continuously, totally, completely, because it has an inherent power like I'm, in this morning I mentioned. There is an inherent power. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, you are actually signing up a contract with Jesus and say, your word will be in my system day and night so I can be the most victorious person on the face of the world. My fellow believers, great men of God, they don't have to be preachers. They are students of the Bible. They study the word and live by the power of the word. Hallelujah. And Look at this. And have tasted the good word of God. See, good word has a taste, meaning knowing it, and the powers of the world to come. So, 
we while we are on this world we can taste the goodness of the world to come that's what's called victorious christian living see satan cannot topple that kind of people very easily satan knows very well i'm not a perfect man i have shortcomings but i confess my secret sin and public sin constantly but satan cannot uh, destroy me even if he put me in trouble i will try to overcome by faith hallelujah that's what i was trying to say jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature that's our responsibility and uh, we have an obligation to share the gospel with other people jesus said uh, once the holy ghost is come upon you you shall be my witnesses throughout the world so we will be witnesses uh, uh, in the coming days if not something is wrong with our relationship with the lord uh, then verse 16 says something very special in mark chapter 16 he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned the word belief there is another english word faith these are interchangeably used in bible all over every word that you just see that's the underlining principle of this holy book building up building up our faith in the lord jesus christ so we must be allowing our faith portion to be tuned in with God so that we can tap the blessings he promised to the people of God see uh it is uh, in regardless of uh, what book we are in everywhere we see the need of faith or uh things related to the faith you know what is faith by the way lack of faith is what our church services goes in this manner if our faith is way up there we all will be automatically fired up with the blessings of heaven we don't know what going to happen to uh what's going to happen to each and every one of us if our faith is elevated to a higher level here it says that he who believes and is baptized shall be saved faith is so important you know apostle paul wrote a letter to the uh, uh believers uh, uh to the hebrew believers uh, that are scattered all over the then known world uh, hebrews chapter i'm talking about hebrews chapter 11 uh how many are familiar with hebrews chapter 11 anybody okay here it says uh, he in a way he's defining the faith he says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen what does it mean i personally had a difficult time understanding that scripture even though i was a bible teacher bible student he says faith is the substance of things hoped for if we are praying for something we are hoping for it that's faith and the evidence of things not seen faith is making you believe that I don't know how it's going to happen it will happen. Okay. Uh 32 years ago I've been in Dallas area 
35 years. I sold my house in Los Angeles. We both worked. Uh, I pioneered a work among the Indian people, pastor of the congregation. I did not receive any salary from them. I told them, look, you send the money to the poor preachers and believers in India. My wife and I are working. I drove 60 miles from eastern side of Los Angeles to the Santa Monica area, to the beach area. Uh, family, uh, uh, families were there. And uh, uh, I pa pastored that congregation for seven years. So, you know, uh, I sold the house, came to Dallas area, um, and uh, I, I, in those days, uh, there was a uh, IRS law. If you have any profit, uh, you have to buy a house uh, over and above the so selling price of the previous house. I got some capital gain, uh, brought that money here. Two years, I, my wife di I didn't have any employment. Because of a little accident my wife had, she had a little fire in the kitchen. She burned, a second degree burn, and uh, I was taking care of her for six months. Uh, none of us had any income at all, but within two years' time, we had to file the paperwork with the IRS, uh, and I had to buy a house. Uh, I couldn't buy a house uh, higher than what I sold in Los Angeles. Uh, and I uh, went to a builder, and a nice-looking three-bedroom house was there, along with a couple of... Uh, uh, living areas and we didn't have any money just barely enough money to put down uh, down payment uh, I approached uh, after signing the contract with the builder uh, I went to many since I worked in a bank I had I was familiar with the banking uh, deals uh, so I contacted many loan companies and banks and uh, every one of them told me Tom you must be crazy applying for a a uh, big loan, $120,000 loan, without having any money coming into your hand. That, they were right. I'm crazy. I'm crazy in Jesus. See, my faith is there. And uh, uh, many loan companies, banks and uh, loan companies, private and uh, uh, even veteran uh, loan, uh, not veteran, uh, uh, government loan, Everybody denied my request for a loan. Then how do I buy the house? I stood, faith is my credit. Now we live on, live on credit, right? I had good credit, but nobody wanted to give me a loan. But uh, we start praying continuously. And we know God will do a miracle for in, in behalf of us. So well, as I made phone calls to so many loan companies. One guy said, look, sir, let me see what I can do for a loan for you. You, have, you and your wife have no income, barely enough money to put down payment. I don't know how you're going to make a, a payment on a monthly basis, but let me see what we can do. I had to pay premium uh, interest rate to get that loan within a week time, he called me back and said, Tom, your loan is approved without a penny coming into our hands. And we bought that house and lived there. My wife got a job and uh, I started traveling, evangelizing, no income. And uh, uh, she was a cheap breadwinner and we lived there for 12 years. See, that's faith. That's faith. God can do impossible things in the sight of men and women. That's, those things are impossible, but it is possible with God. That's the kind of faith we needed in this day and time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen.
you know, when you have time, uh, read the he 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Silly, you know, simple things, but powerful words. It builds up my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. On where, verse 7 says, I'm sorry, verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Are we pleasing a living God with our faith? Have you ever thought of it? See, without faith it is impossible to please God. So what is God expecting from us? He's not looking for a couple hundred dollars. He's looking for our faith. How much faith? Somebody help me. An inch faith? Two inches of faith? Or one foot long faith? Hallelujah. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to me, must comes to him, must believe that he is. You and I have to strongly believe that he is in existence. He is somewhere there. He who comes to believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeking him. What do you mean by diligent seeking? You see, my problem is this. I was born in the English-speaking world. I spoke, I lived in the southern tip of India. I learned English from sixth grade on. And I had to learn English by learning grammar. Did you have that problem? I learned the grammar first. Then I taught English and taught uh, grammar there. Now, after living in America, I lost my grammar. This is what you get. <laughs> you see, what is the meaning of the word diligent seeking? Diligent, sincere seeking, honest seeking, serious seeking. That, is that what we are doing now? I'm, you know, I'm a crazy man. You have to understand. I constantly tell the Lord, Lord, without your help, I cannot go one day at all. I need you in my life. Holy Spirit, guide me. Guide me. You know, when I go to a store with the problems, I pray first, Lord, go before me. Make it easy for me. I don't want to argue. I'm a Christian. I don't want to fight. I don't want, I, I don't cuss at people. I used to do that when I was a, a teenager. You know, with the influence of young kids, I learned uh, bad language. I became a born again Christian at the age of 21. I'm a transformed man. Christ lives in me. Oh, we need to seek him diligently. If we seek him diligently, we will see many miracles uh, taking place in our way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I said, uh, your Jesus' disciples prayed. Luke chapter 17, disciple uh, came to Jesus and said, First, uh, let me think. Uh, Luke's gospel 17, uh, verse Four and five, I believe. It's a familiar portion of scripture. They came to Jesus and said, Master, multiply our, increase our faith. Do, are we 
You know, I'm a silly person. I cry unto the Lord and say, Lord, multiply my faith. I don't have any faith, Lord. Even though I see miracles, that's not enough. I need more faith. Somehow impart that faith in, into my life so I can put my entire trust in you. Do you pray that kind of crazy prayer? I do. That gives me peace of mind. You know, we can buy anything and everything from Walmart, but we cannot buy peace of mind from Walmart at all. You know, I'm talking about serious things, brother. You may say, Tom, we've been in Pentecostal groups for many, many years. It won't do a dime worth of good unless we have faith in Jesus Christ. See, I fight the demonic the fight with the demonic forces, Satan, the old serpent. I always fight with him continuously. Day in and day out, I'm fighting with the force of evil. He's trying to make my way uh, trouble someone, and I want to see victory in every walk, walk that I do. And I want to overcome Satan by the blood of Jesus Christ and with the word of my testimony. You understand that kind of a deeper thought? Oh, Jesus turned around and said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, he might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Do we have any faith to pick up a tree from here and command, I mean, command a tree to be uprooted from its place here in Lone Grove and be planted in the ocean? What Jesus is saying is this. I can handle the impossible things for you if you have faith in me. <laughs> see, I want to see God's hands moving in behalf of me in every area of life. Are you crazy like that? I do want to see. All, I'm sincere. I'm honest. I'm telling you the truth. I tell him, without you, I cannot go any further. I want to see your hand. You know? And we need that faith, and I'm coming back to the Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, once again, and a very familiar portion of Scripture. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Did you hear that? These signs will follow the people who has the, that kind of a faith. Hallelujah. These signs shall follow them that believe. What signs? In my name, in Jesus' name, they shall cast out devils. What's our friend's name? Devil, right? You know, I, I was in college back in 1970. I had a preacher from Georgia. Uh, he took degrees and came as our professor. You know, I was new to the country. 1970, he declared to the class of about 45, 48 people, young people. Um, he said, uh, when he was teaching this portion of scripture, he said, uh, demons, uh, when we talk about demons, uh, you have to go to India or Africa to see demons. But he failed to recognize that demons are right below his nose. True. America is full of demons. India is full of demons. Mexico is full of demons. 
Europe is full of demons. Satan is working over time to destroy the very elect of God. You know, I'm studying, um, writing a book on uh, exposition of a uh, uh, book of uh, uh, Revelation. Chapter 20, first paragraph says, uh, 1 through 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, Satan will be bound up. We sing that song, used to sing. We don't sing that kind of precious songs anymore. That's a problem, no fear of God. Satan will be bound up for a thousand years. If, we, if Jesus can sh shut the uh, old serpent, Satan, into the bottomless pit for thousand, I mean, for one day, all people in America will be behaving well. Indian people back in India, Hindus, Islamic people, everybody will be behaving well because who triggered this trouble? Our enemy, number one enemy, he's the old serpent. He can beguile anybody. He can trick anybody and take us away from Jesus. And we cannot run in the track anymore. Hallelujah. Sandara marakayana namashandala maraba. Oh, he said, casting out demons, casting out devils. It used to be part and parcel of New Testament ministry. Jesus sent his disciples, giving them power over demons and ugly, unclean spirits and uh, uh, sicknesses, diseases. That was part of the gospel. But nowadays, man, I was in a Corpus Christi preaching for a presbyter there, Assembly of God presbyter there. A tall, big man, Brother William Stockstill. He loves my ministry and he always invites me and I preach for him and he retired now. I stood as a reference for me, so he set up services for me in many places. Uh, I was a guest speaker there and uh, uh, at the end of the service, I, I was praying for almost the entire congregation there and uh, a young a uh, boy was there with a, a long hair uh, down here. And the uh, Holy Spirit witnessed to me and said, that boy is full of demons. Uh, let's cast it out. Cast uh, the demons out of this boy. Pastor whispered in my ears, and don't do it. Uh, mother will, his mother will have a fit. You didn't hear me. His mother will have a fit if he cast the demons out. In other words, that family will be lost. They won't come back to church. See, we tolerate ugly things in our churches in America. I'm not blaming the pastor. He's a godly man. He and his wife, precious people, lovely people. What I'm saying is we are accustomed to a worship style where we don't bring out all this blessing into the worship service. We do not know how to accommodate this. Then how do we going to have a victorious Christian life in the life of every believer? You know, over here, Jesus said, uh, in my name, see, Tom Jacob has no power. I cast out demons back in India, here in America, a little west of here. I cast the demon out uh, by rebuking the evil spirit. And she said, I'm free now. She was coming back to the church with that freedom. 
and that ministry might be must be reinstated i wish pentecostal leadership in america had recognized this is part of a uh, christianity casting out demons uh, they shall speak with the new tongues did you hear that in my name they shall speak with you know when i speak about speaking in tongues in many congregations i speak in tongues all the time during the service time i don't care what people think about me they may look at me and uh, you know uh, send curse upon me because you know many of us are raised in baptist background baptist churches presbyterian they all say that speaking in tongues is from the devil and i tell the baptist that i'm then i'm a devil you have to understand i have to stand for the truth i don't want to please anybody i want to tell the truth i'm telling you you need to saturate this building with the manifestation of the blessings that jesus imparted to the church he had to die on the cross so that you and i will have a foretaste of eternity in my name they shall speak with new tongues verse 18 says they shall take up serpents don't do that a preacher in the east coast he and his son picked up a venomous snake snakes and both got come on killed don't tempt god back in india i used to never pick up a uh, cobra i killed them don't try to pick up a rattlesnake and say i'm a holy man holy woman it won't hurt me don't play games with god please it says uh, in case like paul was in the island of melita uh, when a snake got on his hand he shook it off you know you can be delivered from it uh, in your christian walk with jesus uh, and uh then he says uh, if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them many people drink deadly thing by having uh difficulties in life don't do that he won't bring you back to life no in case somebody poison you there's a chance for you you can be delivered from the powerful poison that you you have taken uh, i will never do that I'll never do that. Uh then they uh, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We like that portion of scripture, right? But we don't like the rest of it. Uh if you lay hands on the sick in my name, they shall be made whole. You know, I strongly believe that the healing virtue is still flowing from calvary i ever since i came to pentecostal faith since 1965 i believe in miracles and i have seen miracles one after another in my life in my ministry in my family life and we constantly minister to people as i minister to the people i pray for the sick i try to build their faith up so they can have the healing touch from jesus you see uh let me make it short so that uh, we all can 
uh, go home. I love to preach and teach, you know, back in India, uh, in every conference that I preach uh, continuously for three hours, sometimes three and a half, four hours. One day I preached five hours. Uh, here in uh, uh, some churches, you know, uh, within 45 minutes time, I conclude the service and the people, majority of the church stood up and said, we are not leaving until you are through. Then I preached uh, in some churches, hour and a half, two hours and powerful move of God. A church in uh, East uh, Texas, I mean, East Oklahoma said, we are on the brink of revival. So we need this fire in our soul. And, uh, but you know, when I left, I think that anointing left with me. Most churches, most churches do not know how to keep that fire continue to burn. Simple. Believe the gospel and carry on the torch so that the fire will continue to burn. Hallelujah. See, I told you this morning, I was baptized in 1967. That fire is still burning in within me. I don't want anybody to come and revive me. I'm revived because of the fire of the Holy Ghost uh, that is in me. Hallelujah. Uh, if you lay hands on the sick and they shall be made whole. Uh, in the book of James, we read that the fervent prayer of the righteous, effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Powerful expression. You know, uh, book of Isaiah, chapter 53, give us a clue to the healing virtue that flows from Calvary. While Jesus was casting out demons and healing the sick and diseased people were made whole. And Matthew, uh, I was going to read the text first uh, uh, from Matthew chapter 8, 23 and 24. I believe that's the verses that I was going to read. And Matthew said... He born our, as Isaiah said, he born our, come on. He born our griefs and carried our sorrows. Powerful expressions. I stood on that verse and received many healing in my life, in my body. Hallelujah. You know, the English word grief, I made a... Uh, Study on that verse. You know, uh, let me read that verses for you. So, Jesus, while he was, you know, uh, about 700, approximately 700 years before, uh, uh, before Jesus' birth, where am I? Isaiah 53. Uh, Isaiah foresaw the, the, ministry or a suffering that he, Jesus was going to go through uh, for the redemption of humanity. On verse 3 it said, he is Isaiah 53 verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with the grief. I tried to find a, a statement from a world-renowned Bible commentators. Most of them couldn't understand what that means. He got acquainted Acquainted with grief. Grief is an expression in English, a word in English which says uh, sickness, diseases. And uh, uh, he got acquainted with uh, sicknesses. What do you mean by that? For Jesus 
from his birth to age 30 until he was ministering to the public at that time, uh, he was experiencing sicknesses like uh, you and I did. He was a human being as well as God and his power in him. So he got acquainted with grief, meaning he experienced sickness in his body. You may stand up and say, Tom, that's not biblical. It's, that's the way some translations are. My native tongue, uh, translated by, as I mentioned, by German scholar, uh, he picked it up from uh, uh, Septuagint translation, Greek translation of Hebrew Bible, where it says, uh, he acquainted with grief. He experienced sickness. So Jesus knows what you and I are going through while we are on this planet Earth. So he is aware of what we are going through and, uh, and acquainted with grief. And we hid it our, uh, as, our fa as it was our, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs. He borne our griefs, borne our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, diseases. And we esteem him not stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. A uh, little over 80 years ago, I had a heart attack. Um, you know, I was a very, very healthy man. I gained my weight up to 100 and close to 180 pounds. I blame the American preachers for that. They took me to the, you know, when they see the anointing that comes upon the word and people get saved and they're filled with the Holy Ghost and be, begin to speak in tongues and some get healed, he, uh, they take me to the finest restaurant in town and uh, make me eat all the steaks. You know, we don't eat uh, pork because we were not raised on pork back in India. Once in a while we had beef, so we liked the taste. Um, uh, my cholesterol was too high, LDL. And the doctor, a Canadian doctor, uh, got mad at me, not real mad, but uh, he fired me, meaning he doesn't want me to go back to his uh, clinic anymore because uh, I didn't take the medication for my high cholesterol. Uh, and I fired him too. <laughs> good man. Good man. You know, uh, I told my wife, without the knowledge of God, nothing will happen to me. Did you get that? Because he is in control. Once you throw your life into the nail pierced hands of Jesus, you don't control your life. You belong to him. He is in charge. Hallelujah. And uh, I had a heart attack. I couldn't cut my loan. I was pushing my loan more uh, to cut the loan. Halfway cut. I had pain on my shoulder and uh, I couldn't breathe well. I went into the garage and picked up a, a Pepsi can from the refrigerator and sipped on it. And uh, a couple of burps will go. And I started going back to the yard and cutting the loan. After a while, I couldn't finish cutting at all. I stopped cutting and uh, put the lawnmower back in the garage. Uh, that night, everybody went to bed. I couldn't sleep at all. I, keep, I kept open, uh, opening my front door and gasping for air so I can have. It's like a, 
Have you seen a rodeo? Probably you do. You live in the farm area. You know, uh, <laughs> you know when I came to America, uh, we had radio back in India, but never had a rodeo. <laughs> I was in Fresno, California, Clovis, little town, farm area. They had rodeo. I spent the 18 or 15, 15 or 18 dollars went and sold the rodeo. Then I saw they put the rope around uh, the bull's uh, chest or something, you know. Uh, that was the feeling. Somebody put a big, heavy rope on my chest and tighten it. I couldn't breathe at all. And shoulder sides, both sides were hurting so bad. And managed to uh, walk around in the house all night long, couldn't pray. I mean, I, pray. I couldn't uh, sit down and relax or sleep and uh, keep praying and asking God to intervene. And uh, in the morning, I told my wife as she got up, uh, take me to the emergency, and she did. Emergency doctors found out that my condition was so bad. So they summoned cardiologists and heart surgeon to the room. They sent dye into my heart and arteries uh, through the vein, and the surgeon, a white, short, tiny man came to me, Mr. Jones, Dr. Jones came to me and said, Tom, you must be a miracle man. I don't know how you live this long. You should have been got. Uh, you should have been got. Uh, you should have been gone eight to ten years ago because you have no arteries open whatsoever. Every one of them are hundred percent blocked. Not a tiny area open at all. My wife got that report too. She was shocked. She's a uh, now she's a retired nurse. Ah, and I told the doctor, look, why don't you do a bypass? I have grandchildren. Uh, I want to see them growing up, uh, children growing up, and I want to preach and minister to the people. Tom, you don't understand what I said. You don't have anything open. We cannot tie it around. <coughs> Pardon me. All we can do is this, this, do is this, put a stand on the side actually and let you go home. If you can live with it, fine. If not, that's the end of your life. No fear whatsoever because hundreds of prophecies came through my mouth. Everyone concerning myself, concerning my family life, concerning my ministry, concerning other individuals, families, nation, every one of them fulfilled to the very, very, very letter except one. I'm eagerly waiting for the fulfillment of the word, partially fulfilled that I will get to go to many nations and raise up apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. And they're partially fulfilled. <coughs> so, no fear whatsoever. I came home with the one stand. I couldn't lift more than 10 pounds. I canceled all my preaching for the next five, six months and start praying, applying oil and believing for a miracle to happen. Then, uh, after several months of prayer, I went to the cardiologist who was with me in the emergency room, Dr. Uh, Madhukuri from India. Uh, he tested, uh, he sent dye through the vein into my heart and arteries uh, came to me and said, Tom, I don't know how it happened. Two of your arteries came open. <laughs> he put another stand there. I was able to manage many things in my life without much problem. I don't uh, use a hammer. I don't use an electric uh, saw or anything. I cannot put that much pressure on anything, and I'm extremely careful. And I uh, began to watch my food that I eat, um, I'm still alive and vibrant, and I believe that God did a marvelous work in my life.
to my faith. I'm very grateful. See, I don't care what my audience uh, think about me, whether they think as a crazy man, because I am strong in my faith. I know the word, and I present it to the people as it is. <coughs> Excuse me. 20, I'm sorry, seven years ago, 2016, I was back. I used to go back to India uh, ever, twice a year before COVID. I uh, stayed there for a couple of months at a time and teach at the Bible college uh, and uh, uh, give leadership to the ministry, ministers' conferences and uh, planting churches and all kinds of things. Uh, always busy. Uh, I can easily win souls, like I said in the morning. I can win souls uh, and plant churches in many areas. Uh, uh, this time I was rejoicing in the Lord because God blessed me with a mighty ministry. But at the end of 2016, I had a fever. I very seldom get sick, except the heart attack. And this time, the fever didn't want to go away. And uh, uh, for uh, three, four days, my body was shivering like this. I went to a doctor. He didn't care for, for me. And I came home disappointed, and the body was still shivering. And uh, temperature was 102, 103 between there. And uh, I couldn't do a dime worth of thing. I couldn't sleep. And I told my wife to take me to the emergency. And finally, she did. To make the long story short, I was in four different hospitals for 40 days. And finally ended <coughs> excuse me. Finally ended up at the cancer center of the big Baylor Hospital in Dallas downtown. They found out that I had lung cancer. I smoked only uh, when I was a teenager, a couple of years here and there. But last uh, 58 years, 50, I mean, 50 some years, I never smoked. I cannot take the smoke smell either. Uh, uh, you know, he said, yeah, I have lung cancer. Couple of days later, he said, Tom, you have leukemia. Three, four days later, he came to me after PET scan and said, Tom, I hate to tell you this. You have multiple myeloma. Does anybody know what that means? The skeletal system from the top of my top of my head, the bones, sole of my feet, all bones are saturated. The bone marrow also was saturated with cancer cells. They began to give me strong medications. They pumped a lot of morphine. Bone cancer means uh, Killing pain, excruciating pain, you cannot. I scream so loud and shake the building with my screaming. They immediately bring morphine in and pump into my system. That will alleviate the heavy, uh, strong, excruciating pain. And uh, while, uh, three, four, five days later, I had a chest pain, a big heart attack, major heart attack, and chest was split open with that heart attack. I screamed. I couldn't talk. Emergency, emergency doctors and the head nurses and the emergency nurses all came and stood around my bed and I'm dying. I told the doctor I'm dying. Even if they put my body in the hole, God will bring me back to life because a prophecy to be fulfilled. They found out that my heart was fine. It was overdose of morphine. They pumped a lot of morphine into my system. They drilled two holes in my hip bones. Uh, so I'm walking a little uh, limping even now. 
and they took the biopsy uh, from the marrow and everything was saturated with cancer. And uh, they reduced the amount of morphine. Uh, after 10 chemo, ambulance dropped me at home. And at that time, I realized that my legs were numb. My balance was gone. I couldn't stand like this. I had to hold on to something, otherwise hit the ground. I uh, feet dropped. I couldn't do a thing. Wheelchair, walker, cane. And uh, uh, for next five months, uh, my wife had to put a pendulum patch on my shoulder, on my back. Every 70, how many knows what pendulum patch is? Morphine patch. Uh, a little plastic piece with the morphine on it, she'd stick it on my uh, back. And uh, otherwise, my leg uh, bones roll like a pipe during the night, especially nighttime as I lay down for sleep. I couldn't sleep well, but I decided I'm not going to give up until I see the glory of God. I will not stop praying. Next five months, I sat on that recliner uh, all day long until I go to bed and applied oil every hour, every, uh, every day, continuously applying oil and believing for a miracle. I read the Hebrews chapter 11 probably a thousand times or more. I read it before many times on verse 34. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 34 in the middle there is an expression which said out of weakness they were made strong through faith remember I emphasized the faith of a believer my faith was elevated to a higher level and I said I will not let you go until you heal me was the demand that I made before the Lord and I said Lord I will never stop preaching the truth I will continuously preach. If you extend my life, I will fight for the truth as long as I live. After five months of prayer, my wife was uh, uh, at the grocery store, Walmart neighborhood store, and uh, she drove in those days. Uh, her car is, uh, and now it's 18 years old. Uh, we still keep it. It only has uh, less than 90,000 miles, an uh, old grand market. And uh, She's not driving. At that time, she went to the store and bought the grocery store. I'm standing in the garage without cane or walker or anything. And she said, what went wrong? I said, Jesus, touch my body. I shared my testimony with her. By the way, I'm very grateful that I'm a man living on the planet Earth now. Many of my friends, acquaintances, acquaintance, back in India, here in America, many of them went into the holes because they couldn't get an answer for their prayer. I was in East Texas praying for an honest preacher, older gentleman. He always told me, bring your truckload of Holy Ghost with you. We need a touch from heaven. And uh, I was, one day I went to preach in a ch little church, about 20, 25 people. Good man, godly man. He has the fear of the Lord. And uh, he said, come and preach for me again. I went there. I met an old man, a white tall man uh, in his uh, 80s, uh, early 81, 82 years of age. And uh, walking with a little cane, limping a little bit. I didn't know who he was. I shook hands with him. He was sitting on the back row. And uh, I shared my healing testimony there along with my preaching. He came forward and said, Brother Jacob, 
I'm a Baptist. First time I'm in a Pentecostal church. See, Baptists need Pentecostal doctrine. They need the truth of the gospel. And he said, Tom, I've never been in a Pentecostal. This is the first time. But your preaching touched my heart. My sickness is this. My days are numbered. I'm leaving the world. Doctor said, you won't leave many, long, many, many days long. You're going to be leaving pretty soon. And now because of your preaching and your testimony, I am believing for a miracle this morning. I had prostate cancer spread all over me. Surgery was done a few years ago, a couple of years ago, and I am very sick now. And doctors said, it is, this is the end of your life. But I'm believing for a miracle to happen this morning. And I, can you pray for me? I said, of course. I applied oil. And I called the pastor, senior pastor, to come to the uh, altar area. I laid my hands on him, prayed for him. After prayer, I left the area. And uh, I got a letter from his wife and her daughter, two letters. My father got touched by the almighty God. Doctor is saying the cancer is in remission. He cannot find any cancer cells in his body anymore. I said, give glory to God. I didn't do anything. You, because of your prayer, he got life. Five years later, they both wrote back to me and said, because of your ministry, my I said, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago and shed his blood so that people will be blessed by the power of the blood. You know, my wife had uh, lupus. 20 years ago, a doctor detected lupus. You know what lupus is. Anybody knows what lupus is? It destroys all the vital organs immediately and takes the life. When she got the letter from the doctor, diagnosis letter, uh, I told my wife, don't worry about it. Our God is still upon the throne. And applied oil and believed for her. She never treated for anything so far. When she came to America, 46 years ago to join, I was a single man in America, I went back to India, found my wife there. Uh, I loved American girls. Don't get offended. <laughs> I love you all. You know, you know, when I was in the campus, there were divorces taking place in the campus with a married couple. So I was afraid of divorce. See, we are married for life. You know, and uh, she came with the whole package of medication. And I asked her, honey, what is this for? She said, I have thyroid problems. See, I didn't know what that was before. And I said, stop taking medication. Don't take it. Tonight we are starting a new life here and uh, no children. And I applied oil and believed for a miracle to happen. She never took another medication for thyroid for many, many years. <clears throat> I was in Los Angeles area. I worked as an accountant in a bank. I had a dental coverage, medical coverage, and I went to a dentist. Dentist, after x-raying my teeth and gum, my mouth, he came to me and said, Tom, you're going to lose all your teeth pretty soon because you have diseases like most Americans, gum disease. You're going to lose all your teeth. That's not good news. See, I got my teeth from my mother's side. 
Father's side, almost perfect teeth for my five other siblings. I'm the only one got the teeth from the mother's side. They all lost their teeth, including grandma, uh, before they hit 35. Uh, so I got the teeth, uh, I only lost uh, two or three. Through prayer, I keep them together. Uh, when he gave that report, uh, I came home, shared that with my wife, and told her, look, this is what the dentist says. I prostrated before the shag on the floor during the family prayer time. See, we need family prayer time in every house in America. We used to have. If not, we will fall apart eventually. We need that fellowship together. And I fell on the carpet and applied oil on my teeth and my gum, prayed for a healing touch from Jesus. Many doctors told me that, uh, many dentists told me that uh, your gum are strong and pretty uh, healthy looking. So God can do it. I prayed for many things. Uh, recently, my wife had vertigo. What is a vertigo? Anybody knows? One day, she, uh, one night, she was, uh, after prayer, she was lying down on the bed. All of a sudden, she starts screaming, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. I run to the uh, side of her bed and uh, said, honey, what, what's going on? I can't talk. At all. You know, I'm dying now. My children were in the house, uh, uh, my two daughters. Uh, I called them quickly. They came down. Uh, What's going on with mama? I said, she says she's dying. I thought she was leaving the world. Her whole family has heart trouble. Everybody died. All men died with a heart attack. Her mother died with a heart attack. So I thought she was, she's having a heart attack. And uh, uh, I applied oil and believed for a miracle to happen. She went back to bed after prayer. She no, not complaining, but, but she said the bed is twisting, uh, turning around, the room is turning around, the whole world is turning around. We managed to uh, sleep that night. The following morning, I uh, called the doctor, and the doctor said it could be vertigo. You have to take medication for a lifetime. He prescribed medication. I had no other choice to bring her to his office, uh, and we took pick up that medication. And uh, in my, uh, deep in my heart, I had a conviction uh, not to allow to her to take the medication. So I told her, don't take the medication. I apply oil and believe. Let's see what God can do for us. Applied oil and prayed for her. She never took another medication for vertigo anymore. Um, this is what I'm sharing with you. Uh, that So that your faith will be elevated. If you, any of you are sick in your body. And you have the faith to receive that healing touch from Jesus. See, not every prayer is answered. I get knee pain as I get older. I apply oil and believe for a miracle. And a couple of days later, the knee pain is gone. My wife was uh, screaming uh, every night, uh, shoulder pain. Applied oil and uh, believe for a miracle. She never complained again. I'm not saying that uh, I'm a perfect man. And what I'm saying to you is this. I exercise my faith. And the provision is there. And I get the blessings from the presence of the Lord. Many of you are sick in your body. And you want to see the hand of God moving in behalf, behalf of you. Believe that the Lord is able to take care of you. Then you will see the miracle tonight. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just... Turn your attention once again to you and to your word. Your word is so powerful, Lord. 
Help us to absorb the truth of the gospel tonight into our system of God. We unite in prayer this evening for miracles to take place during this service time. Many of us have faith to receive that healing touch from you, Lord. Whether it's a financial problem, there is a solution with Jesus. It's a physical illness, the provision is there for healing. Your word says, uh, I am the Lord that healeth you. Lord, we believe in miracles. I want you to help us out tonight so that our sickness will be gone once and for all. I believe that you are still in control of everything. Minister to our people supernaturally, O oh Lord. I pray that you uh, confirm the word with signs following tonight. I give you all the praise and glory. Thank you for your love. You died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And I strongly believe that the healing virtue is flowing from Calvary uh, even in this day and time. Lord, I'm again praying for our faith to be multiplied. Multiply our faith. Forgive our shortcomings, Lord. Wash us Wash all of us in your blood once again so that no one will be living in sin, Lord. Cleanse us, Lord. Purify our hearts and minds now so that our faith will be multiplied now. Sanctify us, Lord. Cleanse us. We want to see answers for our prayers. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. While well, every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. How many will honestly say, Tom, I'm here. Everybody think that I'm a Christian. Deep down in my heart, I know I'm not a Christian. I play church sometimes. Uh, people think that I'm a Christian. I don't have that commitment. But I feel the urgency in my soul to turn my life over to Jesus tonight. I'm ready to surrender my life. If you are a sinner, <coughs> And you need salvation tonight. Would you slip up your hand and say, yes, Tom, I believe that I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. Anyone? Anyone? I don't want to miss that opportunity to lead you to Christ. That's what ministers are doing throughout the world. How many will honestly say, Tom, I'm sick in my body. I need a healing touch from Jesus. I believe there are there is healing virtue flowing from Calvary. I believe I can be healed tonight. I have the faith to receive it. Pray for me, Tom. I'm willing to do that tonight. How many will honestly say, I need a healing touch from Jesus? May I see your hand? <coughs> Pardon me. I see those hands. You can put your hands down. Would you, if you don't mind, would you all stand on your feet, please? Even if you haven't raised your hand, you want a special prayer, you can come to the altar area. We will pray for you. Those of you who raised your hand and said, I need a healing touch from Jesus, come to the altar area, please. As you are coming, worship the Lord. Worship. Just give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. Just praise him. 